Well, hello and welcome back, fellow riders on Bus Talk, a podcast about work-life issues which crowd our minds each day. Myth-busting into reality, we share some tips and tricks to better your work-life balance, or the lack thereof. Simply put, it's a straight talk to help you cope well with various situations without having to reinvent the wheel. And yes, there is a lot of traffic So it does take time. We go slow, steady and at our own pace. If this is what piques your interest, you're on the right bus. So sit back, turn up the volume and enjoy the ride. I'm your host GB and you're listening to Bus Talk. Think of yourself as a hiring manager and you have a hiring mandate. Clearly there are two types of hiring mandates that are possible one is that you're hiring for a replacement headcount and two is for a fresh headcount and god bless if you have fresh headcount at this point in time it's a rarity in most cases it's a replacement headcount now as hiring managers we all want to hire the dragon warrior what do i mean by that you want what i mean is you want to hire the best of the best the one and only the chosen one for the role The question, therefore, is if you do manage to hire, hypothetically speaking, if you do manage to find the proverbial dragon warrior, do you have the skill sets to maintain, manage and get work done from this top talent? Do you have skill sets that of Master Shifu to be able to manage the dragon warrior? That is the question we'd like to understand today. A word of caution though, the question is, when you go seeking for a dragon warrior, do you actually need one? Go back to your job description, read that again. Are you overestimating the deliverable that is needed for your job? Do you really need to hire the top talent which is out there? Now, this does not mean I'm advocating that you hire mediocre or below average talent. But when you hire the best of the best, then there are certain prerequisites that come with it. You will have to have a career path for them. You will have to figure out how you as a manager will add value to their careers. Number three, what is it in your capacity and capability that you will solve for them? Number four, Is there a promised land for them? Is there the dragon scroll for them, which is the ultimate prize? Can you promote them in two years' time? These are the questions that you need to have some answers. You might not have complete answers, but some clear idea so that once you do get a dragon warrior on board, he or she is all set for the next two to three years. You know exactly what how to progress them, what to do with the available talent. Okay, now with that disclaimer aside, let's figure out the three things that you need to watch out for while trying to procure, hire a dragon warrior. Number one, the role description. Have you gone back and assessed the role in great detail? Are you 
at a risk of overselling the role and therefore attracting a talent which could be an overkill go back and reassess because if there is a situation where the talent far exceeds the role requirement discontentment will creep in sooner than you can imagine and you will lose a very good talent so am i advocating that you go ahead and hire a mediocre talent answer is no that's not what i'm saying but clearly overestimating the role is not advised so how do you proceed well for the first two or three rounds after the job description has been very clearly articulated the first two or three rounds you don't need to go overboard in explaining the benefits of the role first two or three rounds you want to assess the interest that the potential top talent is has towards the role and so you give out a little bit of information that for in each round which keeps the person interested and assuming they cross over to the next level then you share a little bit more information by the time you get to the penultimate stage of the interview before making the offer that's when you are almost 80 to 90% sure that this is the candidate you want on board that is when you start to articulate the benefits of the role and where this role will progress and so on so forth what is the scope of growth and the path the learning path the incumbent will experience if they so choose to take on the role so if you follow these parameters chances are the expectations will be set correctly at either end neither would you like a surprise nor should the top talent that you are aiming to hire point number 2 once you do get into an interview situation having identified a potential dragon warrior how are you making sure that your individual personal bias subconscious bias or unconscious bias does not interfere in your interviewing process let me simplify that for you when you were asked way back when in your interviewing days when you were a job seeker you were asked this question so what makes you apply for this role and your answer was well i'm looking for greater challenges to show my skill sets or make a greater business impact now fast forward to today here is a top talent sitting right in front of you and you repeat the same question saying what is it that you are looking forward to why apply for this role and why choose this company or this role and the answer comes totally different to what you thought was the traditional answer which you gave looking for more challenges the top talent might give you an answer which is totally out of syllabus for example he or she might say look i think i can grow the business 20% if we change these three processes if that puts you in defense mode straight away you've got to think twice why because if you hire good people do you really want to tell them what needs to be done don't you hire good people so that they can do what they know best many organizations make the mistake of hiring good people then hammering them in, into a box 
and once they fall in line and become part of the assembly line they go and hire out someone from outside why because they needed somebody to think outside the box such is the irony and so it is important to as a hiring manager to recognize that if you have a top talent in your team if you're hiring for one you need to scale up as well to understand the bigger problems the different problems or a different perspective the top talent brings to the table simply asking them to forget their previous organization is perhaps a touch unfair is that not the reason why you hired them in the first place they must have been very good in their existing or previous role and because of that learning they became eligible for the existing role and therefore you hired them and so once they are on board you can't certainly expect them to sever the ties and say delete the past counters reset to zero now you begin again and think the way we think that kind of is counterintuitive and it defeats the purpose what you want to say is that yes we will take some of the best practices from your previous understanding and plug them into the way we work in our current organization and so i will help you bridge this gap i will help you travel this path where you don't need to abandon your previous knowledge skill sets and experiences but also quickly adapt to the way we function in the current organization these are small steps but very important steps that a hiring manager has to bear in mind when you want to attract a top talent point number 3 how will you manage the progression of top talent can you keep promoting this person every year two years or three years if not what will you do with them will is are there adequate training and enablement programs are is there enough learning do you have a rotational policy where you can rotate the talent across multiple departments within the team could you give that person additional responsibility something even which is not even directly in the line of work something could be little diverse how do you keep top talent engaged one of the key traits and features are these classical dragon warriors are sometimes ahead of the curve they think fast they think ahead and therefore sometimes the hiring manager needs to play catch up so instead of doing that if you plot well if you think through the career progression well like year 1 here are the five things you deliver year 2 here are the three things here three you do this while doing these three year journey here are the two things you will learn this is how your career will get augmented here is how you will get challenged and that becomes like a wholesome package that's when you get the top talent really excited of course money is a part of it but it cannot be the only part of excitement that if you give me if my market value was say 50 lakhs and you offered me 70 lakhs yes that is exciting but is that the only thing that a top talent will get excited about perhaps not do you know why because they back themselves they know that if not a b or c somebody will value them at a 70 lakh package so they're not really hard and fast about getting the top dollar or the top billing what they're looking for is the job 
opportunity or scope where they can make a greater business impact, show a larger part of their ability or display their skill sets. You as a hiring manager, what platform are you providing for top talent to flourish? And so these three points are very critical in your pursuit of hiring the Dragon Warrior. Now, you are this hiring manager. You're thinking, well, everybody tells me that I should hire people who are better than me. What happens to me? Does that make you feel insecure? Does that make you feel, you know, get worried that if I keep on hiring people who are better than me, someday they will take my job? Does that happen? And if that happens, what do I do? Well, to answer that, think of the reverse. If you keep hiring people who are way below your talent level, what happens? You have a team of mediocrity. You have a below par, subpar team. Will that subpar team take you to greater success? Unlikely. Almost certainly not. And if they go down, you go down too, my friend. And so the better bet is to hire people who are smarter than you, perhaps have complementary skill sets. And it's up to you as the hiring manager, as the people manager, to develop that fabric of trust within the team that each of them gets a level playing field to showcase their talent and ability. If somebody is good in Excel skills and they are the masters in that, then there is has to be somebody who's great in PowerPoint skills. And I'm just simplifying it. And so if your core competency is being strong in Word documents, then combined together you present a fabulous work and above standard work you know and that's what gets recognized that when you do superlative work you seldom or never get recognized for doing mediocre or subpar work and so spend time in understanding how to develop the team culture the fabric of trust amongst teammates which can take your team to greater heights the flip side is also true. If this doesn't come to you naturally, if you are struggling to create this fabric, you've got to think about your people management skill sets. Did you get it too early? Are you ready for it? Did you want to take a break? Do you want to seek help? Why don't you have a mentor who could help you with this situation? Suffice to say, the later in your life in your career span you get the responsibility of managing a team the better it is i've often seen people who have become people managers very early into their careers like three years four years into their work x they often flounder at this with this complexity of managing other people's careers and lives as it were so if you are getting a people management role say at the 10-year mark or at the 12-year mark, fret not. That is perhaps the best thing that could have happened to you because you as an individual contributor over the last 10 years would have gone through a sinusoidal curve, ups and downs, crests and troughs, and realized what it takes for a people manager to succeed. You would have perhaps witnessed or been under two or three bosses, different types of bosses, 
and picked up some good practices and know what are the bad practices to keep away and therefore shape and design your own leadership quality, people management quality or style. And therefore, you have something original when you become a manager. When you become a people manager, you therefore are mentally strong enough. It is expected that you are mentally strong enough to handle all types of talent. Not just talent which is similar to you, but talent which is even better than you. I hope with these pointers, these little insights, you reflect back on your people management journey and see what are the two or three things you could have done better and let me know if you have any further questions on this topic. I'd be happy to address and answer them. Well, that's all for now. I hope you had a good time listening as much as I had sharing these thoughts. And if you did, do tune in to the other episodes of Bus Talk. Yes, you could share them on Facebook or Twitter and with especially those who might appreciate similar content. And if you need to talk to me or reach out to me, you can use the Twitter handle hashtag Gyanban, spelled as G-Y-A-N-B-A-N, one word, or email me on gyanban at gmail.com. Again, spelled as G-Y-A-N-B-A-N-N. Be sure to tune in next week. There is a fascinating episode coming up for you. Till we meet again, stay safe, be well, and bring your A-game to work. Ciao.